0: Good morning, everyone. I hope everyone is well this morning. I want to talk to you today about a, a, a character in the Bible in John the Baptist. And I believe that you will be blessed by the uh, the things that are, are that have to do with John the Baptist um, um, not only today but I want to look at him for the next couple of weeks um, and how Um, His life was lived, so I want to look at the man and his message. Today we're going to focus mostly on his message. I don't know what's been going on in your life lately, but I I just wanted to speak into your heart right now. Maybe you're struggling still with this COVID thing and the up-and-downness of it and the fear of it, and you watch the news around the world. Maybe you're struggling with a personal problem. Um, whatever's going on in your life, whether you're uh, a church attender or whether you're just tuning in today, I just want to speak into your heart that God loves you. And, and I'm just not saying that um, just to make you feel good. I'm telling you that God does love you. And if you get anything from this message or any of the messages, understand that God does love you. He cares for you deeply, deeply enough to send his son to die for you. Today I'm praying that you will, uh, whether you're in Christ or not, whether you've trusted in him as your Savior or just investigating it, that you will be blessed to hear from God and what he has for you, that he will give you understanding, and that he will give you the blessing of of, uh, knowing what he wants to speak into your life. So uh, before we do that, let me pray with you. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for um the sunshine the, the beautiful sunshine has been it's been great weather lord and it kind of has helping us along in our uh the blows of life God when we can walk outside and feel the sunshine Lord, we do pray for rain we we need rain as as well god and and uh Lord, so we do ask that you would bless us with the rain and and uh and Lord. Um, we know that every day belongs to you. Um, Every day is made by you. This is a day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we pray that you will bless us today with your presence, giving us insight into your word and your truths, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to understand what it is that you want us to know, God, myself included. Thank you for this opportunity to come to people where they sit this morning. Lord, we pray for those who are not with us today. We pray that there's something on their heart right now that would prompt them to tune in and to hear from you. Lord, we pray that kingdom work would be done today. Thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We've all have those people that we know in life that kind of stand out a little bit. Maybe they're a little louder than others. Maybe that's me. <laughs> maybe they maybe they look a little different, or you know, they dress a little different. They really stand out, and uh, and and there's usually a reason behind it. Um, most of the time, people desire to stand out. Maybe they have a different hair color. Maybe they have different clothes. They dress differently. They speak over top of people they're constantly sometimes those people can be annoying but what they're really saying is look at me look at me look at me really that's deep that's what that's why anybody would want to stand out they're saying look at me here i am do you see me do you see me that's what that's what they're saying today i want to talk to you about john the baptist now he even stood out in his day as well as he stands out in the pages of scripture He's, he stands out in character. He, he was not like the people around him. He was loud and he dressed differently. He, he, he stands out. Even when we read the Bible, we know that John the Baptist was, stood out in character. But the difference is, is he wasn't saying, look at me. <laughs> he was saying, look at the one who's coming. There's a huge difference, and I'm hoping that we can learn something from the character and the message of John the Baptist over this week and the next week or two to come. We pray that God will help you um, grab a hold of what he may have for us through the character of John the Baptist, as he doesn't say, look at me, but look at Jesus, because here he comes. Okay, so we're going to look at that a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, we first hear of John the Baptist long before we even know it's John the Baptist. We see him in scriptures in Isaiah, uh, prophecy is, is in, in um, uh, Malachi, um, where we see him spoken of before. We don't know it's him until the New Testament brings it to light, but we see these, this character brought up. He he's one that's spoken of of all four gospels speak of John the Baptist, they tell of John the Baptist, that's how important it is to know of John the Baptist, you just can't read over it like he's a character that doesn't need to be um, talked about or, or looked at. Um, so all four gospels. Um, Mark includes Malachi in his prophecy, referring to the prophecy. Luke adds another verse to the Isaiah prophecy, from not just uh, 43 but uh, 4. And that's what I want to look at first. So I just want to read that with you. So Luke chapter 3, verses 4 to 6 is what we're going to read first. And I want to. Uh, I just want you to pay attention to what this prophecy um, that was spoken of uh, hundreds of years before, says, as so I pay attention to the words. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. A prediction of prophet, a man who's coming, John the Baptist, a voice calling into the wilderness. The wilderness includes the desert here, includes the forest, includes the, those, those dry places, those arid places, those places where it's a little rough around the edges. It talks of a physical place. This is where John the Baptist came from, but it also speaks of a place of the heart a wilderness in your heart the desert of your heart because John the Baptist was was speaking of a, of a heart condition or the the scriptures are te- speaking of a heart condition where John the Baptist is going to speak into now John the Baptist was known as a forerunner Albert Burns in his commentary wrote this the idea is taken from the practice of eastern monarchs who, whenever they entered on a journey or expedition, especially through a barren or unfrequented or inhospitable country, they sent harbingers, forerunners, or heralds before them to prepare the way to this to do this, it was necessary for them to su- provide supplies and make bridges and find, uh, and, and find fording places over the streams to level hills and construct causeways over the valleys or to fill them up and to make a way through the forest which might lie in their intended line of march. So in other words, they were just preparing the way. They were making the ways. But that's not the case with John the Baptist. He didn't physically do those things for Jesus. He didn't build roads or bridges. He didn't make places physically. But what he come to do is he come to prepare our hearts for the one who's coming. He come to give us a heads up for the one who's coming. There's a spiritual identity here in john the baptist he wants your hearts to be ready he wants your hearts to be ready god's is god's message and he wants your hearts to be ready for the one who's coming so so have that in mind john the baptist stood out a little bit as we already talked about uh, matthew 3 4 says is dressed in a camel's hair ate locusts and wild honey mark adds that this his description, the description to his attire was uh, uh, a belt. <laughs> so he 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 wore camel's hair. Can you, know, you picture this guy? Right, he's kind of rough around the edges, coming out of the woods, coming out of the wilderness. Long hair, uh, uh, a camel's hair, a belt, eating locusts and wild honey. He stood out. He stood out. He was a. He was also known. Uh, we read scripture is lo- the. One who is Elijah the prophet. Now, he came as in the spirit of Elijah, if you know the scriptures. He came in, in the spirit of Elijah. He wasn't Elijah. He said he wasn't Elijah. He didn't recognize himself as Elijah. But Jesus said he was Elijah, if you can understand it. And the scriptures tells us that he came in the spirit of Elijah. That means that he came, this is what Elijah looked like. He really depicts what he looked like, the prophet of the old. And he also had a message that was similar to Elijah's. So he came in the spirit of Elijah, an Old Testament prophet, just to give you an idea of the character of John and why he came. Um, now, the thing is, is he drew a big crowd, but he didn't have the ability to perform miracles. God didn't give him the ability to perform miracles, or he didn't have the ability to heal. He didn't have any special ability that way. He, he, they didn't come because he was different to look at, they didn't come for that reason, but the crowds came. Uh, Warren Wearsby said that, that he, there was a, when, he, when, when John the Baptist was preaching, there was a revival, and he's right. There was a revival. People were coming, the Bible says, from all over. People were coming from all over the area. People are coming to hear what John the Baptist had to say. And they were repenting of their sins and being baptized. Now, isn't that something? What would draw people to do that? What would call people to come to John the Baptist out of the blue? He's a guy coming out of the you know, he wasn't much to look at, <laughs> you know, not, that's not why they came. And they didn't come because he was healing, he didn't come because he was performing miracles, they came because he was preaching a message. He was preaching a message that they wanted to hear. He was preaching a message of good news. Or was he? Was he preaching a message of good news? Well, I think he was preaching a message of good news to some, but to others, he was preaching a message of judgment. So he was preaching a message of both. He was preaching a message of good news, and he was preaching a message of warning, warning the people of judgment to come. So he was doing both. Now, John being the last of the Old Testament prophets, he was the last one. So we're pointing to a transition, a transition that happened between the Old Testament and the New Covenant. We have a prophet that stepped out of the Old Testament into the new prophet, a new new Testament He was, a, he was allowing for that transition from the new covenant, the covenant of grace from the covenant, from the law. He was stepping out he was both he was representing both sides. He kind of eased the way in. He was talking about the, the, the coming one. this is you can picture John the Baptist standing in the middle. He preaches a message of of judgment to come, but he also preaches a message of hope in the future to some they will receive it as hope to some they would receive it as judgment and so when we look at our modern day culture this is the, the way it is for us as well right it had been 400 years 400 years since the people had heard from god through a prophet 400 years things were dry the hearts were dry it speaks of the wilderness of the heart, the desert of the heart, where where people were going through spiritual rituals, they had their religion, they had the law, but there was a deadness there was a There was no he, uh, hearing from God, there were religious leaders, there were people who were teaching about God, there were people that were teaching about law, but there was no, there was no life. people were hungry and thirsty for God. That's, that's when John the Baptist comes in, and he's different than everyone else. He's different than the religious leaders. He's different. He stands apart from those who would teach tradition and ceremony. He stands apart from them, and he preaches a new message. And these people are either hungry for their, this, this new message, or they want to keep what they've got, and, and, and they don't want to lose the tradition in their heart. They do not want to lose what's going on in their lives right now. John, John stands out from the other preachers of his day. This is what religion that can do to you. It can cause you to, to go through the motions. It can cause you to think that it's, it's about what you do. But then in the end, it, it's, it, there's, there's a void. There's an emptiness that never satisfies and this is what happened to these people. They, were, they weren't satisfied. They were going through the motions. They were celebrating the traditions of man. And traditions come from a good spot usually, or a lot of times. They come from a, diff, a good place, right? They start out well. But the problem is, is they lose their, their emphasis because people forget why they're there in the first place. And so the, there's a deadness that's happening here amongst the people. We can experience that some today. In churches, we watch churches as they, they, as, they, as they lose the understanding of why they exist. They get caught up in the traditions and the religion of it. They become pious in their character often, but they forget about the truth. They forget about the life that has been bought for them. And so John the Baptist comes in, and he's speaking a, a truth. Uh, he's speaking something new, because even though the law was good, it would not satisfy. It would leave them short. All it did was show them how they couldn't meet up, couldn't couldn't reach what, where they needed to be. So some were ready for this, but some were not. Some went through the motions like they do today, but some but didn't grab a hold of the truth. Some liked the idea of it. There's a multi-purpose message in what John preached here. The multi-purpose message is a message of hope, but also a message revealing authenticity of those who are receiving it, separating the sheep from the goats. It is also a message of judgment, of, of the coming judgment. Not that John was judging, but he was warning of a coming judgment. There's a difference, right? There's a difference of, of judging and warning of judgment. And this is where it can be mistaken sometimes. All right? So what was his message? It was short. It was sweet. Matthew 3.2, if you turn your Bibles there. Matthew 3, two. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. You know, in this world, and I want you to pay attention now. If you tune in, I want you to pay attention to this. In this world, we're going to hear many voices. There are many voices crying out around us. Some of those voices say, you deserve to be happy. So do whatever makes you feel good. How could it be wrong when it makes you feel good? This often comes in the way of sexual immorality. Right? How could it be wrong if it makes you feel good? In many different ways, it often comes that way. and This, this is the message of the world. This is a voice that's calling out to you. Some voices say, what matters most is you, even when it comes to terminating the life that God, a life that God has created. <laughs> some voices tell you that. What matters most is you. So whatever can make you feel good, if it makes you feel good, that's what you want what matters most is you, even if it comes down to terminating a life that God is creating. Some voices are telling you what you need is money or stuff. And you spend your time seeking out earthly treasures rather than heavenly ones. You, seek your, you take your time. The voices are saying, this is what you need. You need more of this stuff. You need more of this money. You need more of this. So it's to be happy. It's all about you, and and these voices are crying out to you, and they're competing voices telling you, this is what you need. This is what you want. Be happy with who you are. It's all about you, and live life that way. Some voices are telling you that it is the favor of friends that you want. It, it, if you want to find true happiness and whatever you do, it takes to win, it's, it's Winning people's approval. That's what you want. You want to win people's approval. Sadly, some Christian circles have fallen into this, and they're feeding into what people desire rather than what God desires. And that's the voices that you hear competing today. Some voices say that you need religion. Some voices say that you need religion, you need to be pious, you need to live a good life. It's about what you do. It's about how you celebrate and how you live. Some voices are saying that's where true happiness comes from. But in the end, they all leave you dry and thirsty in the wilderness. They never satisfy. All those voices will give you temporary satisfaction, but they do not give you the hope that you need. They are not the voice of God speaking in into the wilderness of your heart. They are not that voice. And so these competing voices are, are things that can give you satisfaction in a moment, but will lead, will not lead you to where you need to to be. John the Baptist says, um, to prepare your heart in a way that, th- this is the message, to prepare your heart in a way that you need to be prepared for God. of the word, The first word, and I'm going to spend some significant time on this because I think it's negated in our day, is the word repent. Repent. (laughs) Repent is a word. Many people think of it as a judgmental word. We don't like using that word today. Repent. We don't like the ideas. It does not portray good news to many. Repent. That means that I'm doing something wrong, doesn't it? Repent. Isn't that a judgment against me? Isn't that why most people try to neglect the the word? The word has so many connotations to it. It is given a, a, a reputation, so to speak. Repent, repent. It seems like it's a terrible word to start with. Why would John the Baptist just come out and say, "Repent, <laughs> repent"? Just tell me. This is what people want to hear. Just ignore that word. Just tell me that God loves me. That's what I want to hear. Just tell me that God loves me. Forget about the repent part. Just tell me that God loves me, and then let me go my own way. (laughs) Let me do my own thing. That's what the world wants to hear. And that's why Christianity, I think this is what holds people back from coming to know Jesus Christ, is because of that one word, that one word that we've kind of pushed out of Christian lingo, that one word that we don't like to hear, is a word that many Christians don't even like to say because of how it may offend. But but understand something, it is necessary. It is, nece- it is a necessary word because repent really means just turn around. <laughs> That's it's, it means a change of mind. It means to go in a different direction. That's exactly what it means. You need to have a change of heart. You need to turn around. You need to stop going in the way you're going. It, it seems like it. It may seem like it's not good news, but think about it this way: If you had a child, if you had a child, and they're running towards the traffic. And and, and, and you hollered at them, stop, turn around. Is that an act of love? What would it be like if you say, you know what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Just keep going. I love you. No, you tell them to turn around. You tell them to turn around because you do love them. And that's why we need to tell people that it's not enough to know that God loves you. You need to know this you need to stop going in the direction you're going in because God loves you. It is a warning, yes. It is a warning, but it is also bathed in grace. Now you may not have thought of the word repent as a word that's bathed in grace, but listen carefully. Listen carefully this is 2 Timothy 2:25 to 26 explains this well. 2 Timothy 2:25 to 26 Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance leading them to the knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. What I really want you to pay attention there to is that God has granted them, that we want God to grant repentance. That means that that repentance is an act of grace, that God has to grant it to us. That it is an opportunity. It is not. It is not judgment for those who want to turn to God. It is an opportunity. God is saying, "I love you, and I'm giving you another chance." Repentance means I'm opening the door of opportunity to turn to me. It's not. It's not. It's not something that condemns those who want to follow God. It's hope for those who want to follow God. Repentance is an act of grace. It is granted to us. It is a great joy to be able to have the opportunity to stop going in the direction that, we want, that we've that we been going away from God and turn to God. God says, I'm giving you an opportunity to do that. You know, even in the Old Testament, often prophets will come along and they would call the Israelites to repent. They would call them to repent because he was giving them an opportunity to turn back to him. And this is all it means, is repentance means I'm giving you an opportunity. This is an act of grace, an act of love. Yes, I love you. Yes, you can hear those words, but the, but the proof is as I'm giving you an opportunity to turn around and to follow me. That's what true repentance is, and that's why it's not a bad word, and that's why we shouldn't turn away from that word, and that's why we shouldn't neglect that word. It It is an act of love, and it is an act of mercy. You know, I, I, I can't help but think of that word uh, I mentioned to uh, Lil and Jessica yesterday That how uh, every time I think of but turn around, I, I think a total eclipse from the heart. I was going to get the guys to play that this morning, but then I think it take away from the seriousness of it, the seriousness of this word. Is not, is, is, it is an act of judgment for those who desire to go their own way, but it is also an act of grace for those who see uh, opportunity to turn back to God. Which is you? Which one is you? Which one is you? Because salvation does not happen. It does not even begin without repentance. This is why it is the first word that John the Baptist started to preach, and it is why the first word that even Jesus started to preach afterwards. Jesus followed up with the same message, you know. He preached the same thing. It's not a word of condemnation. It is for some. It is for some who refuse to turn away. see we want the best of both worlds in this world. We want the benefits of a relationship with God, but then we want to follow the other voices as well. Repentance is the first step who wants many want the benefits of following Christ and somehow to be a Christian, somehow to be a Christian, which really doesn't work. I'm telling you, somehow be a Christian without turning away from your own life. It doesn't work. Now, I'm not saying you don't fall, you don't trip, you don't stumble. I'm just saying it really doesn't work. When The reason why the first word is repent is because you have to have a desire in your heart to turn away from the things you are now serving to serve God. It is an act of grace of God. Um, you know, there are some who who want The benefits, and John talks about them in or John talks about them in Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 9. If you if you want to turn your Bibles there, he John addresses certain people here. Listen to this. Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 9. John said to the crowds coming out to baptize him, You brood of vipers (laughs) heavy language. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Those are heavy, harsh words. And John is specifically speaking to the religious leaders of the day. But the but the idea of producing fruit is what I want you to focus on because whether you are religious or you're just going your own way and listening to other voices other ways, but you refuse to turn away. If you say that you've repented, you say you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that produces fruit because repentance reproduces fruit. There's been a change in your life. It may be long hanging fruit, it may be fruit up there, it may be sparse, but there's fruit. There's fruit to repentance. That means that there's a change in your life there's something different happening you've decided to turn to god and not your own way repentance is 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 critical in the life of a believer the fruit that is produced from that because you have been blessed by god with an opportunity to turn away from the direction you've been going in do you see it as an opportunity do you see it as a blessing is Uh, opportunity is fantastic you know when i when i knew that god was giving me another chance that's what repentance really is telling me god was giving me another chance to live for him even though i was a sinner even though i am a sinner even though i fall short even though i don't deserve his love and his mercy and his grace even though that is true when god says when when the words come repent he's saying i want you to turn around i'm giving you an opportunity It's fantastic news in that word alone. I hope that you see that, and I hope that you see the need for that. Because we are saved. There's forgiveness. There's forgiveness that follows up, and we're going to look at that in a second. It's not not the whole message. It's not the whole message. No, it's not. Repent is not the whole message. But it's got to begin with repentance. For the kingdom of heaven is near. What does that mean? Well, I think the best way to understand that is to look back at the prophecy I spoke of in the beginning, where he says, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight the path for him. I like the ESV version because it speaks, uh, the ESV is speaking of the the prophecy itself. And the words, listen to the words of the ESV. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The kingdom of heaven is near. Do you know why the kingdom of heaven is near? Do you know why you need to turn? you know why this is a great opportunity? It's because God is coming, John says. God is coming in the flesh. God is coming to your rescue. Are you going to turn around and grab onto him with all of your heart? Are you going to ignore him and keep going your way and listen to the voices you've always listened to? Are you going to listen to the voice in the wilderness? Are you going to listen to this voice crying out to you saying, Turn around and follow me. This is what God God is saying the kingdom of heaven is near is because God is near. God came to earth in flesh in Jesus Christ to rescue us. That is the key to repentance. Repentance means God is near and I'm turning to you, God, to follow you. That's what the whole story is. You don't leave out. The word repentance and you do not leave out the kingdom of heaven is near because Jesus Christ brought the kingdom of heaven here for us to receive him and receive it into our hearts to understand that now. Even though it hasn't come to its completion, now we have a remnant of those who would turn to God and trust in Jesus Christ. We have a remnant of the kingdom of heaven living in our very own hearts. We are already, the Bible says, we are already citizenship, citizens of heaven. <laughs> that is good news. That is good news. Listen to the whole story of the gospel. It doesn't work with God loves you. That's... that's. Just words with no meaning, with no understanding, but the words of the gospel are as God loves you, he desires you to turn away from the way you are going, and that he is near you, that he has come to you to give you an opportunity to live for him that that when that's depicted fully upon the cross of Jesus christ mark one four Um, in the gospel uh, gospel of mark chapter one verse four and so john the baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins it goes together (laughs) it goes together john is saying this is what's coming this is what's coming the message from god to john was looking to the coming of god himself and offering up forgiveness He's saying he's, he, the whole thing, even the repentance part, is good news. There's some who would receive it and some who wouldn't. Some who would turn away from it, some who would reject it, some who, don't, who find God a threat to the way of life, whether they're religious or whether they're living for other ways of this world doing their own thing, satisfying their own selfish desires. When you bring God up, they will reject it. When you bring up the gospel, they will reject it. But there are some... But there are some who are hungry and thirsty in the wilderness of their heart. They're hungry and thirsty. They've been waiting so long to hear from a word, a word from God to their souls. They're hungry and thirsty. They belong to Christ. They belong to God already. They are ones who are waiting to hear the message of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like John came and he told about the, the coming of Jesus Christ. We can come. We can tell people about Jesus Christ has already come. He has already come, and he's come for you, and he's come to give you the opportunity. He's come to grant you repentance. He's coming to give you an opportunity. He's come. The kingdom of heaven is near. That is great news. That's the message of the gospel. That's far deeper and far better than God loves you. It includes God loves you, but it's proof of it. Do you understand that? I hope that you do. I hope that you're you're clinging on to that truth. I hope you're understanding that when, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I hope you understand that when you are telling people about Jesus Christ and the need to tell them the whole message. Because without the whole message, it is void of understanding of the true gospel. John the Baptist looked ahead. We look back. We look ahead as well. But we look back at the cross. This is the story of the cross. Our, there, there may be only some who receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says that many will turn away. Many will not follow after God. The gate is narrow. Few that enter it. Wide is the road to destruction. That's what the Bible says, Right? So, the question is if, if you're sitting here today, or all the loved ones, all the people, how much do you really love your, your, your neighbors? How much do you really love your friends? How much do we love the world? How much do we love them? Not, not, not to be in the world, but uh, not, not to be of the world, but to be in the world. We love the world. And we have a message for you if you've never truly received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that God grants you the opportunity to turn to Him right now. Are you telling the people that you love that? Or are you just telling them that God loves you because that's empty and void of meaning of the gospel? And God says, repent, because I am here. I've come to you. See, when Jesus Christ came, God came to us in the flesh, and he's willing to show his love for us if we would just trust in his work done for the forgiveness of our sins. But it doesn't work without us turning to God. The message is incomplete. So for the sake of some, are you willing to speak truth into their lives? Will you be the one? Will you be the one? The voice speaking in the wilderness of the heart, to the heart of those who are longing for God. Will you be that one? I know I want to be. I want to be. I want to be that one john 10 if you think about john the baptist now he he was there as i'm gonna close with these thoughts but john the baptist spoke the gospel before the gospel even happened he was he was saying here he comes okay repent for the kingdom of heaven is near right here he comes here comes the anointed one here comes jesus right this is what john the baptist spoke right and but listen to this listen to this Uh, John 10, uh, verses 40 to 42, this is later on. Jesus went back across the Jordan to a place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed, and many people came to him. They said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man is true, and in that place, many believed in Jesus. Can you imagine, can you imagine the many are are in heaven because of the message John boldly spoke? Some came and some rejected. Some wanted the appearance of it. How many people are in heaven because you boldly spoke the truth? How many people are in heaven because you told the whole truth? Not just the message that God loves you, but the message of why he loves you. And what he desires from you. Are you willing to turn to him? Grab a hold of that opportunity. And understand that he came to you. And give you that opportunity through the cross of Jesus Christ. He give you that opportunity. Be one of the some. And trust in him as your Lord and Savior. We pray with you. Father God, thank you for John the Baptist and the example that he led for us. We know that he was an Old Testament prophet, but spoke of a New Testament truth, God. He introduced to us our Lord and Savior, and we are grateful for that. We're grateful that you used him as a forerunner, Lord. May we look at life from, uh, from the, into the past and look at how that all came about and how our sins are, are paid for and forgiven, and you've given us an opportunity to turn back to you, God. Thank you for that privilege, God. I do not want to waste a moment i 'm not recognizing that that god that you've you 've done so much for us. God will you continue to bless us with this understanding, Give us boldness to take this truth out into the world not not a message of of judgment but a warning of judgment and a message of hope god that that you are uh, waiting for us to come home, and you 've gone to the extreme to prove that. <laughs> Lord, I pray that you bless each and every one with these truths as we go our own way today and help us to remember the great and wonderful joy that the kingdom of heaven is not near, but it is here. It is here. And is here in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.